Hey, this is Brent Leary, and with me right now is Tyler Lessard. He is the VP of Marketing for Vidyard. Uh, Tyler, it's been way too long since we talked, but thanks for joining me again. Well, thanks so much, Brent. It's great to be here. As you noted, uh, I think it was about four years ago that we were chatting about the the evolution of uh, video for sales and, and, and in CRM, and, and now many years later, uh, a lot of that is coming to fruition, going mainstream, and we're seeing some really interesting trends out there right now. So great, great to be back. Absolutely. I mean, four years in terms of video time is like an eternity. <laughs> and you guys, you guys just recently put out this benchmark report. Uh, it's called 2019 Video and Business Benchmark Report. So uh, definitely want to dig into that. And mm-hmm. let's see. Let's start from the top. Give us some of the major takeaways that you guys found in this one. Yeah, so as you mentioned, we just published our, our annual report called the 2019 Video and Business Benchmark Report. And each year, we actually um, we pull the data from, from two different sources that we work with. One is uh, qualitative research that we do in partnership with a third party uh, that surveys marketers out there and how they're using video. And the second is our own first-party data uh, in which we analyze uh, more than 300,000 videos published over a 12-month period uh, from primarily B2B businesses. Um, and those using our platform. So they aren't media companies. It's not entertainment. Uh, these are all businesses using video to support their go-to-market programs and, and largely in B2B. Um, so within this report, we end up seeing some really interesting sort of hard data trends as well as sort of how do those correlate to, to some of the, the qualitative uh, research that we're seeing. Um, and I think one of the biggest things that we saw this year compared to, to previous years was a really broad expansion in terms of the types of videos that businesses are creating to support their marketing and sales programs. And if you go back one, two, three years, the majority of businesses were creating uh, fewer videos, first of all, but they were also focusing them in on things like website explainer videos, uh, product demos, and online webinars. And traditionally, that's often how we think about sort of the basics of video in, in B2B. Uh, but this year, we saw a huge spike in um, those reporting the use of uh, and creation of uh, videos for social media channels, uh, videos specifically for their YouTube channels, uh, videos to support the ongoing buyer's journey, uh, customer success videos, things like that. Um, so we're seeing sort of this rise of video throughout the full funnel. And uh, sort of a correlated benchmark to that is more and more of that video creation is happening in-house. And so businesses are getting scrappier with saying, you know what, we don't need to outsource all of these videos. Yeah, that great explainer for our website, let's get a professional to do that. But when we're creating product demo videos, on-demand thought leadership, right, how-to videos, things like that, more and more of that is happening in-house as just a core part of the content that they're publishing. Could that also be a kind of a function of costs coming down, technology making it easier for them to do it, and and feeling like they can actually handle some more of it internally as opposed to externally? Yeah, 100%. And we see sort of both factors uh, playing in now that there's more demand for, for video throughout the buyer's journey because audiences are just tending to uh, to go that way now. And if they have an option to engage in video, it's working really well for marketers. So they're seeing, okay, we should create more content. Um, but at the same time, as you said, the, the ability to supply that content uh, is has, has come a long way and so we can now create videos I mean you and I right now are creating a video uh, as we speak right as an interview style thought leadership video and that's something that we can put out there to support our program so we're seeing a lot of marketers and salespeople um, moving beyond just 
you know, high-end, you know, videos that take them a week long to produce and saying, yeah, I can record something via Skype. We could do a quick screen capture or just use our iPhone, record a quick video, try to make sure we've got pretty good audio, and that could turn into an asset that we can use to support our program. So that's absolutely, uh, you know, key, especially in smaller businesses who are looking to scale their use of video but don't have uh, any incremental budget, so to speak, to do it. Right. One of the trends it looks like is taking place or videos are starting to get shorter and shorter and shorter. Yes. Yeah, we saw uh, year over year this has been happening in in the business world, and it's probably not surprising to most people. Uh, If you go back uh, two years ago, of all the videos published through our platform by businesses, the average length overall was about nine minutes. Uh, Last year, the average length was around six minutes, and this year it dropped down to four minutes. So of those 300,000 plus videos, the average length across all of them was four minutes. Now, the important thing to also look at is 73% of all those videos were less than two minutes, right? So there's this big volume of videos that are less than two minutes. Um, We're still seeing that complemented with longer form content, things like interviews and webinars and things like that. Um, But more and more, it's about the creation of these quick, short form videos, whether that be to explain a specific topic uh, to you know, uh, educate somebody in a how-to, or to use them for short promotion on social media, email marketing, and other channels like that. So videos are getting shorter, uh, but it seems like there are more people actually getting through the whole video. Right, yes. Which it sounds yeah. like that's, things are starting to meet in the middle or something like that. No, you're, you're right. And, uh, that was my big takeaway this year. There's, there's this breadth of content being created, but in, in parallel, uh, you know, videos are getting shorter, but at the same time, people are watching longer and, uh, you know, both percentage wise and just sort of absolute value times. And so I think what we're, we're seeing there is, uh, you're right. Things are sort of meeting up, uh, where I believe that businesses are getting better at creating, you know, value in their content and that's keeping people watching longer. And I think that's because we've been doing this now a number of years. And I think, again, you know, businesses are, are just getting savvier on what they're creating. Uh, I think there's more emphasis than ever on the value, uh, the actual content value, as opposed to the production value. And so, again, that's where we've seen this rise of like how-to videos, thought leadership videos, things that are delivering real value um, in, a, in an educational format. And those tend to keep people watching longer. It may not have as many views as those big promotional videos, uh, but more and more of them are, are sort of targeting audiences and going deeper into the buyer's journey. So I think we're creating better content as an industry. At least I hope that's one of the uh, interpretations I can take from that data. Um, but at the same time, I think people are just more likely to consume video content now as it's becoming more and more a natural part of, of how we consume information, whether it be in our personal lives or in our business lives. One of the more interesting kind of fat toys that came out of this for me is you know, we, we are in a mobile world and we've seen that mm-hmm. more and more content seems to be being consumed by via mobile devices. Yeah. Not so much with some of this business video, it seems. Right. Yeah, we've seen that uh, as a consistent trend for the last few years that the majority of viewing of business-related videos happens on desktops, not on mobile devices. And in fact, uh, it was well, it's been well over 80%, I think even over 85% for the last couple of years running. Uh, we did see a little bit of an uptick in mobile device consumption in, in these last 12 months, but it's still, uh, you know, not a huge contributor. And, and I think if you think about, you know, the world of business, it's probably not surprising to to put yourself through that thought process. You know, most of these videos are consumed during the nine to five workday. The most uh, common time for people to view business related videos are uh, midweek. So Wednesday or Thursday, 
and typically in the morning uh, or early afternoon time period, uh, which I think is consistent with a lot of other types of content. So it's, you know, the part of the week where people are willing to spend a bit more time researching, educating or consuming, as opposed to, you know, Monday when you're getting going and Friday where you feel like you just got to get things done and get out. Uh, <laughs> So, but it mostly happens during the day and, and in the business world, again, a lot of that video is for educational purposes. So people are still sitting down, they're consuming it on their desktops, as opposed to the consumer world where mobile video is largely about entertainment, right? And so we're quickly watching or, or communication, whereas in business, I still see a focus on educational content and that as a result, people are tuning in on their desktops. And the one takeaway I'll, I'll give you on that, Brent, for the audience listening, and, and what does that mean for, for, for most people? Um, it's that you know, be mindful that because people tend to watch business videos on their desktops, we can take advantage of the bigger form factor. So we can create videos with a little bit more, you know, visual content and not worrying about, you know, is this always going to be viewed on a small device? Um, but also it does give us more liberty in terms of longer form content, right? People on mobile are more likely to consume short form snackable content. You usually don't sit on your mobile and watch an hour long video, but people will do that on their desktops. And so you have a little bit more liberty in the business world to create those 10 minute long interviews, those 30 minute educational webinars and expects people will stay tuned. Yeah. One of the other kind of really interesting uh, takeaway is this whole the the area of around analytics and uh, it seems mm. like uh, video uh, creators are getting a little bit more sophisticated with the way that they analyze the performance of their videos. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think it's a uh, it's a great sort of extension to the other trends that we're seeing as as businesses do more and more video, right? Even if they're creating them in house, that's still a bigger and bigger investment, right? Because it's still people's time, their energy, and it's a bigger part of your programs. So as you're doing that, you start to have that need to make sure that you are tracking the data to know what's working, what's not, am I applying these resources effectively, and, and how do we get the most out of these videos? Um, when you're just doing one-offs, it's not as big a deal, and you usually look at things like you know view counts and basic engagement on them and say, hey, is this getting some good sharing, and are people staying tuned? But as you start doing you know video more uh, aggressively throughout your marketing and sales, uh, and through the buyer's journey, you want to start to be able to track things like, you know, who's actually watching these videos and how is that influencing net new leads um, and, and ultimately the, the business related metrics like influence on, you know, pipeline or revenue. Um, and then also understanding where are they watching these videos? If it's embedded on multiple places, can I tell where people are finding it, where they're consuming it? So lots of different things that we're seeing businesses start to, to do. And I think we'll continue to see as we move forward, as businesses rely more and more on video, uh, that that trend will continue and, and more of them will, will start to look at these richer analytics uh, through, you know, more sophisticated video platforms. When you talk about uh, social media, using social media as a, a place for video, does that also uh, take into uh does it also include the live streaming aspects or is it more just natively posting videos? Yeah, what we're seeing for, for most businesses and, and people responding to the to the surveys is that the primary use on social is just, you know, on-demand videos uh, that are being published uh, either on their, their main profiles uh, and or by their employees and, and their evangelists and their executives, as well as a growing use of their YouTube channels as a specific place to publish content. Um, less so for live video. We still haven't seen huge adoption of live streaming within the typical business world. Um, you know, those who do report using live streaming 
we see are using it for things like um, ask me anything sessions with people from their company or executives, um, you know, things that are, are, you know, maybe interview style, but they want to take advantage of live to see if they can pull an audience in in real time. Um, but we still haven't really seen a, a silver bullet from anybody in terms of the real business use of live video. Um, so I think it's still a lot of that on-demand content. Yeah, I literally, I think uh, was it last week or the week before, I just got uh, access to LinkedIn Live, and I've been playing around with it. And, and um, I'm pretty surprised at how, at least the first one I did, uh, I guess people aren't used to getting notifications about live videos on LinkedIn. Right. And so there was a curiosity <laughs> factor or something, because I literally did like a minute and a half, me just staring, uh, trying to get this thing to work. And uh, that has over 2,800 views and yeah. like 60-something comments. And it, it seems like it's just right now it's more of a curiosity. But do you have a sense for if something on the LinkedIn platform in particular, since it is business-oriented, may yeah. actually have a pretty significant impact on the way video goes in the future? I, I do. And, and I think that, you know, to your point... Uh, it is an opportunity right now to be creative in how you might use live streaming on, on any of these platforms and, and LinkedIn, certainly. Um, and it's partly because the those social platforms are incentivizing the consumption of it, right? So they, uh, you know, as much as we hate to say it, we need to play those games of, you know, if if LinkedIn is going to, you know, drive people to come watch my, my live streams because they have their own motivation behind it. Uh, then we need to think about that and say if that's a way to to leverage their reach and get more more audiences in, then that's something we should consider. Um, I mean, even on LinkedIn now, we will you know more often than not include a video in our posts, uh, even if it's just a short video that's just like a quick summary of what we're talking about. Uh, and it's because we find that they just get broader reach because LinkedIn is is motivated. Uh, to pull people into posts with native videos as opposed to those without. And so I think there is an opportunity there today. And with live streaming, to your point, it's uh, it's new to market, especially on LinkedIn. Uh, there can absolutely be that curiosity and novelty factor. Uh, but also we know that LinkedIn is motivated to get people to watch. So they're doing things like notification and others. So if you can be smart um, and, and come up with good content, because the problem is using it um, and, and abusing it. And then you right. get those like first couple shots where people you know, they get notified and they come in, but then after a couple of them, they're like, well, wait a minute, this is just Brent <laughs> testing his camera yeah. and they're not going to come back for that third one. Uh, so make sure your next one is really valuable so that the people you do get to come in, you know, they're going to be waiting for your next one uh, and, and be thinking about how, how can I keep keep up on this content. Very good yeah. advice because I've already seen people like <laughs> leaving me, you know, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Be careful yeah. with that. Okay, so yeah. uh, let's... Let's uh, talk to the folks who have not really gotten started with video, hmm. but have they they realize it's it's going to be important to them to do so, and and let's yeah. let's frame it in the in the sense is this is an SMB company, um, yeah, limited resources, but they they know that this is a way for them to get their get their name out, uh, yep. start building their brand, and start connecting with the prospects. What's, what are some of the best ways that they could actually get started doing that? Yeah, so I, I talk to a lot of actually smaller businesses around sort of how they're thinking about video and, and trying to get going. And um, the, the one thing to, to start with as you think about this is to be mindful that video is another content medium to deliver your message through the different sort of channels or paths that you probably already use today. So 
don't think about it as something totally separate. Like, oh, we've got to do this video thing, right? And it becomes this silo of like, oh, video equals brand video and this or that. Um, I think you need to think about it more organically as a, as a content type. And, you know, if you do email marketing, right, uh, most of your emails are probably text-based today. Should there be videos that become the call to action to those? You have, Maybe you have a blog, right? Should you be incorporating videos as a way to deliver your message on your blog? Um, you do thought leadership content. Uh, so like you and I are doing right now, maybe you want to do video-based interviews or, or video podcasts, uh, even an episodic video series to support that content strategy, that blog strategy, and, and so on. Um, and the other place to think about it is, of course, uh, with your sales team. If you're a small business, maybe you are the marketer and the salesperson and the business owner. And think about as you are reaching out directly to prospects or customers, are there videos that would help to, you know, shorten those conversation cycles, right? If you had a really quick, simple video that just clearly explained what you do, doesn't have to be something where you're outsourcing to an agency, getting drone footage and doing all this big production. <laughs> It could be something as simple as you hopping on camera, maybe in front of a whiteboard with a couple of images up there and just genuinely explaining, you know, this is exactly how we help businesses solve these problems. And just by being able to share a video of you explaining that compared to, you know, written text and bullet points, um, it not only gives the audience a, a different way to consume the content and, and the way that they may prefer, um, but it also gives you the chance to be more authentic and to build a more personal connection. Because when people watch a video of you explaining what you do versus reading some copy on a web page, right? Like just picture it yourself. You know, the video, you immediately, you know, you see that person. It's very transparent. Um, you can hopefully see their passion come through if they're really got positive energy. And it builds a level of trust right from the beginning. Whereas copy on a web page, right, really doesn't do that. It's informative, but it doesn't create any personal connection. So I think just having that mindset that video can be, you know, it's an organic part of, of how you can communicate. Um, it can be a very conversational medium. You don't have to go overboard with heavy production. Um, and you just got to start thinking about, I want to deliver this message. Would video be a good way to do that? And just start trying it. Um, even if you don't have a dedicated, you know, producer or content person in-house, um, you know, now is the time to, to think about what are the simple ways I can dip my toe in. And that might be by doing Skype-based interviews and recording them. It could be turning on your, your iPhone on a nice little tripod and recording some thought leadership content. It could be interviewing your customers on camera and doing some really basic editing afterwards. And if you don't know how to do video editing, like 20 minutes on YouTube, uh, you'll be an expert. Like it's easier <laughs> than ever. It's more approachable than ever. My 10-year-old son edits videos and puts, wow. you know, music tracks behind them. And like, you know, kids these days are doing it and you can too. So I think you just got to sort of get started there and think about how can I create some of this content to support my programs. And not every video has to be, you know, a big, you know, viral uh, sensation. It's just got to support your sales process.